2: Hey everyone, welcome to the 335th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by Hollywood Heavyweights. And patrons, Jacob Perlin
0: and Marcus heliker I'm Orin Kaplan. And I'm Matt mo Today we're talking about intimacy and stunts and kind of all of the trickier parts of being on set. Especially as a director. As a director, asking people to do things that they may not necessarily want to do and the best ways to deal with that. Just up top, it's worth saying that Oren and I are not experts at this, but we are talking about our own personal experiences, some of the mistakes that we have made, and some of the things that we have done to improve that. So yeah, talking about the extenuating circumstances of setting up an environment where people are feeling protected and comfortable in doing things that are otherwise a little bit more vulnerable than normal. We also talk
2: about crowdfunding and a campaign that Matt's working on for the feature that famously I have a bet with him about when he'll shoot it or not so Matt I have been dying to know seriously this time most every other time I, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just doing a bit but this
0: time yeah. I'm serious. What have you been working on lately? You know, I've got a lot of stuff going. It's one of those runs where I've been so busy that, like, my personal projects have really taken a backseat and it's been frustrating.
2: Wait, let me pump the brakes real quick. Yeah. Do you think, as a director that's like making their way in this business, it's important to say, you know, I got a lot of things going on right now? Like, whenever anyone asks you what you're up to, because I read something somewhere recently about how people like happy people, and you know, I can be pessimistic sometimes, mm-hmm. and I like to complain because I'm,
0: everyone's like, "What's wrong with Warren
2: I think it's a Jewish thing. I'm like, maybe I should just always be like, "Yeah, everything's amazing. So many awesome things are happening," and I feel like every time we start this like, "So what we've we been working on lately" segment. Whether you ask me or I ask you, we're always like, oh, I got, got so many things going on. Do you think that that's just a filler that we're saying, like riffing until we figure out what we want to say? Or do you think
0: that that's like a thing that creative people should say? Should you say it? If it's true, yes. If you're BSing, then maybe don't say it. In both of our circumstances, I think that we are fortunate in that our projects are short term. And also there are a lot of them. Right. And so you can be in post prepping something and shooting something kind of all at once all the time. Basically, that's kind of our ideal state is to be like in those three stages basically every week. And so that can be a little overwhelming when I was saying it in just this moment. And also before I move on, it work begets work. So like being honest of like, yeah, I am very busy, I think does keep you top of mind for other people. So what do you say? Sorry, I'm,
2: I'm hijacking your whole topic already. Sure, sure. If somebody sends you a text and says, hey, how does your September look? A producer or something or someone at a production company. What's
0: what's your response? I would say I've got a handful of things, but I can probably make it work. You know, the fact is, is that when we are underwater, slammed, just so, so, so busy, you're still on set only a few of days out of that month. When we're talking about short term projects or even, mm. you know, TV shows or whatever, you're not shooting, you're shooting for eight or nine days or whatever. It's like not impossible to double dip. And so in that sense, it's worth it to be like, yeah, I'll, you know, let me know if there's any flexibility and maybe we can make it work is always worthwhile. Because also like stuff gets pushed, you know, things rearrange so many jobs that if I'd been like, I am booked or like I'm likely to get this thing. Mm-hmm you know, half the things I'm shooting right now were pushed for months ago. You know what I mean? So like, uh, yes, I'm very busy. Am I flexible? Yeah, I think so. The best piece of advice I got, especially in the commercial branded, but like
2: in the freelance world in general was you're available until you're booked. Don't tell someone you're not available because you might might, get this job or you have to fly somewhere next week. Like, I mean, you can give them a heads up, but he was trying to pitch on a job with me and I was like, I've got these other ones coming up. What should I tell him? And he's like, you're available until your book. That's the life of the freelancer, unfortunately. And usually when you have like five things and they're all shooting at the same time and you're panicking, and you're like, how am I going to do this? And what should I turn down? And what's it? You, you know, you end up like
0: not getting four of them
2: for some reason.
0: Yeah, because uh, oftentimes when things are The most crazy, the reason that it's crazy is because the runway is too short and hopefully someone realizes that and pushes the shoot. That being said, I had a shoot that awarded two weeks prior to shooting ended up kind of ballooning into like a three day shoot was pretty substantial. I think it quadrupled in budget by the end of the creative being developed. And it was one of those things where I thought, "Well, well, we'll probably at least punt one aspect of this. And we shot it all. It's been a long time since I've been like waking up at four worried about something, you know, emailing people at all hours of the night, juggling crew members. Also, have you noticed like every production designer in town is booked? Like everyone is working. It took us a really long time to cycle through to get crew members this time around. And uh, the happy ending is that like I met a lot of people and reconnected with people that I really loved. I loved my crew this time around. It was really special actually it was like nice to shoot in los angeles again you know it felt like old times in a lot of ways it was really great i do have something lined up but
2: your job sounds way more interesting so i'd be happy to have an excuse to get out of this other job you know
0: and do your job yeah i kind of if i'm booked i'm booked you know what i mean i think that's the like even if something really cool comes along, I don't think I've ever turned something down. Yeah, but what if it was like you weren't booked on a
2: commercial that you're shooting? You're booked on we're doing like a you know, a room where we're
0: pitching jokes for this thing. You know, uh-huh. like sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something if, that if, wasn't Something where you can be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing punch up for a day and then a feature comes along, yeah, you, you, you take the feature. Or even um, a cool commercial. Yeah. Right now
2: I have three different things they're all they're all kind of vfx related but one is really hard and one is like really awesome and it's hard for me i've kind of committed to the really hard one i'm already working on it at this point but if i get this really awesome one i'm going to be in a little bit of a pickle of like trying to figure out how to get them both done done. and they both have crazy tight deadlines
0: you know the advice i'll give you is that i hope you bid out the job so that you could subcontract
2: I always think I do, but... in you realize
0: effects, VFX artists just make so much money.
2: They're just really hard to hire, especially, and I still would have to oversee.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Them, Anyhow, okay, let's get back to you. What have you been doing lately? Yeah, so I was on a job recently that reminded me of an old story that I actually don't think I've brought up. A long while ago, I was doing a commercial where the client was like, you know, it was, again, it was a tricky thing where we were really rushed back and forth and, and it was like something where like they they had this kind of spur of the moment idea. They were like, oh, what if this actor uh, was in their underwear rather than in their pajamas or whatever? In the moment, I'm such a people pleaser. I'm like, well, yeah, let me go ask or whatever. And then I, you have to stop yourself and think to yourself like, oh, wait a minute. There were all of these rules and limitations set in place basically to protect actors from being in a position where they're made to feel uncomfortable and spur the moment situations basically. And I thought the thing that I had just shot, it wasn't really like that, but it kind of reminded me of that story. And I thought, Oh, this is something worth talking about because I think that over the years, intimacy coordinators have become a real thing. There've been a lot of scandals in Hollywood over the years, but I think you and I haven't really talked about it partially because we're not, Experts, so to speak. You know, we don't really want to like weigh in beyond our own personal experience. But it did occur to me that like our perspective maybe is worthwhile as other filmmakers kind of try to navigate those sort of especially fraught asks basically with an actor because it's easy for a tv show to be like okay now we always have to have an intimacy coordinator but it's a something totally different if it's your first short film out of film school where you realize oh it would be really cool if someone was in their underwear or like oh, this kiss isn't really selling it needs to be a little bit more physical or whatever like there's all sorts of instances where you think you have a plan that's going to work and then you realize you want to ask the performer to to do something that they haven't agreed to do prior to arriving on set and the thing that is really pertinent about this conversation is like if you're a director and you ask an actor to do something that you haven't talked about doing in advance the truth is unless it's something really really risque they'll probably say yes and that's not fair to them because they haven't had the chance to negotiate their rate you know there's like oftentimes a bump if you're showing skin or whatever
2: yeah even doing like a stunt like hey can you jump on this couch
0: 100 percent. there's so many things that spur the moment especially in lower budget things you realize oh we should do this thing yeah can you jump on this couch is it is another perfect example or like you know this effect isn't working can we you know blast you with a leaf blower or like are you comfortable Mm -hmm. around fire how do you feel about animals there's all sorts of stuff that again, because actors really are excited to please people, they're excited to do work, they want the movie to be good or the TV show to be good, they need it for their real or whatever. In the moment, they're probably not thinking about themselves or their own best interests necessarily. And also, like, it's easy for a person with good intentions to get carried away. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, it's well, yeah, not a big deal. They're a model, take their shirt off, or like they're really in g- great shape, and it's a right. fake like, stuff. They've it's done this deal. before. They've so done this before. Why is it no a big, big deal? deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I'm incredibly sensitive about that stuff personally. Maybe it's because I'm married to an actor. Maybe because I have a lot of friends that are actors. I have a, a friend who was like a male model, and he was doing a shoot years ago, and the photographer was like, "Hey, take your shirt off, like, like I want to do." And he was like, "Oh, this wasn't." Like, this wasn't like part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm supposed to be wearing these clothes. And she's like, Yeah, but just do. And he felt like very pressured, and everyone at the mm-hmm. agency was like, Yeah, do it, do it. And he called his agent, and his a- agent was like, Stop. Don't do anything. Like, yeah. they, you know, they need to talk to us about stuff like that first. And I mean, this yeah. was years ago. This was yeah, yeah, yeah. way before Me Too or anything. And,
0: and the truth is, it's not a question of are you comfortable or aren't you? It's that we have protocol. Because sometimes it's hard to sense whether they actually are or aren't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're in this
2: position of power. Someone someone made this really awesome short. I think she was on making movies. It's hard. It was about an actress going to a rehearsal mm-hmm. where she's the only girl in the room. They mm-hmm. have the DP and everyone. And do you know what I'm talking about? And she and it's like a, it's ringing a bell actually, like a sex scene or something And they're Like, why don't you do it? Yeah, do it. Like we'd actually do it. Like take your shirt off and she's just and everyone's like yeah it's no big deal and the male actor took his shirt off and god i wish i could remember the name of it but it's this great short about just how you can see that she feels she has no choice other than to Mm -hmm. do this thing that she really doesn't want to do and Mm -hmm. or you'll um, be difficult or like
0: and and that's maybe like it or whatever
2: you know more extreme version of it but yeah i've definitely been guilty when i started out out of like asking actors to do things that you know might seem dangerous like hey stand up put your head out of the the sunroof sure. you know uh-huh, like things uh-huh. that seem so innocuous to me at the time but in hindsight i'm like oh yeah maybe that's like dangerous all right i used to do like a lot of headshots and take photographs and i would like love to just go in the middle of like sunset boulevard or something you know and take some mm-hmm. photos and just like the till the last minute before the light turns green and then we'd like run away and it's like i mean that that's dangerous you know yeah and I just would just do it. I would just be yelling things like, "Let's go, stand over here, do that, do this." Do that. Sure. And nowadays, I'm just so worried about mm-hmm. like making anyone uncomfortable ever that I tell them like the the leaf blower thing. That's like a perfect example. Hey, are you okay? We're gonna put a leaf blower in your eyes. It might mm-hmm. make your eyes a little dry. We're gonna have eye drops. And I'm always I'm I'm always so worried about actors being cold if we're shooting outside mm-hmm. and they're wearing shorts or something, you know, to me, it's like such a huge deal for actors to feel comfortable, but you're right. We're in this situation a lot where we are doing commercials and there's an agency and a client and they want to see something. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely said to people like, Hey, I I don't think it's fair for us to ask our actor to do that. Yeah.
0: I mean, and crew as well. You know, I think oftentimes, you know, you'll hire a crew member for a certain job. And then ask them to, you know, throw a camera on their shoulder and be cam up real quick for a little bit. And, like, all of that stuff, really, it should be upfront, and it should be pre-negotiated. And also, I think maybe the, the final point about it is that there is this kind of, like, group mentality where you kind of look around and you're like, well, no one else seems to have a problem with this. Uh, maybe it's fine. Reminds me of another time I was on a show that was big and um we would do these shots that i'd never done before that were car to car shots where basically a camera operator would lean out of a live street like they in a car they'd lean out a window on a live street we'd kind of like split the lanes we would do our our follow car would like drive in the middle of two lanes they would hang out the window and shoot the car, the, the, the picture car basically on like a, a hand gimbal mm-hmm. and the shots look awesome. The producer was like, yeah, we do this all the time. You know, normally you need to do to get the shot that we were trying to do. You'd need, you know, to close police down the street, police escorts, probably like a totally different rig. Like there's no way you have like a 25 year old dude like lean out of a car with a hand gimbal and their A7S or whatever. And like we're radioing, like okay, a little faster, okay, a little slower, like. And I was like, okay, I guess this is how we do it, and that's so fucking stupid. I regret it so much, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, the shot's cool. You know what also would have worked fine is if we were just like on the sidewalk and the car drove by; would have been fine.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm like
0: truly mad. I got angry about myself for letting it happen because my point is the director is different than most of the other crew members in that we have the authority to say, hey, this isn't safe and it's incumbent on us to do that. Like this is unfair to a performer. This is unfair to a crew member. This is unfair to an actor. This is makes people uncomfortable. This is taking advantage of them. This is putting their lives at risk it is the privilege of a director to stand up for their, their team. And when you're younger, it's a little harder to, to do that or to recognize that or to, you know, whatever. But like, we've seen a lot of really terrible examples over the years of situations where people didn't do that. And it ended disastrously, you know? Yeah.
2: And I feel like nowadays there's the people are advocating for themselves a little bit more mm-hmm. than they used to. And I, I do think with crew, it's like a little different. Like if I'm talking to the DP and the DP is like, yeah, I'll hang out the window. I don't care. Then I'll, I'll be like, sure, go for it. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but also, but I don't think I would ask them to do it or I would say like, Hey, this is how, how do we get this shot?
0: I think at this point in my career, I would be like, "Now, nah, let's not do that. Yeah. Depends on, Depends
2: on how expensive the camera is if they drop it. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think acting is. I just want to be like, hey,
0: producers should have paid for for escort. You know, we should have paid for it. We should have paid for the right way to do it. Right. Or not do it. Figure out another way to do it. Because like I said, standing on a sidewalk and like the car driving by is way less cool, but also is totally feasible.
2: I did this thing a couple of years ago where we had this actress and she was playing Mrs. Claus and the client insisted that she must wear white jeans. She just like, really liked the idea of white jeans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as our costume designer, one of my good friends said, barely anyone, especially older, you know, older people looks good in white jeans. <laughs> and this actress really did not feel like she looked good in these mm-hmm. white jeans felt she uncomfortable didn't, she didn't feel yeah, yeah. comfortable she felt but, self-conscious but not
0: in a way that was exposed or it wasn't inappropriate quote unquote
2: they were like tight they didn't fit her mm-hmm. well she didn't you know yeah she, she felt just, bad she felt self-conscious she felt yeah. like she didn't like yeah. the way she looked and it wasn't like say two lines and cut it's like go do improvise this like scene for 15 minutes it was like yeah. a lot of work and we're asking a lot of the actors
0: and to I clarify like, I'm I'm not saying one is better or worse than the other. I'm just trying to paint a, paint a picture, basically. Right, right. Yeah.
2: But I ended up having to talk to the agency, the creative director, and saying like, hey, I know you like the these white jeans. Like, I, I get it. You know, it's kind of cool, like a hip Mrs. Claus when wear white, white pants. But look, our actor really doesn't, they don't fit her well. She doesn't like what she looks like. She's like not comfortable. And for me, one of my main jobs as the director is for is to make sure the actor's, are comfortable are so comfortable. that they yeah. are being their best on screen. And if they're not comfortable and we see that, then it's going to ruin everything. Yeah. And basically your show doesn't work. Yeah. So she was like, okay, fine. You know, I don't know. Protect your actors. They are the people that
0: you are mm-hmm. filming. They're like mm-hmm. 90% of the production. <laughs> of and and I would thing. say also we can all get caught up in the moment of like, let's get the shot. Let's make it cool. And as long as you're not endangering anyone, or you know, there's certainly lines to this. Don't beat yourself up over it, but also stop and course correct. You know what I mean? Like you can, I you can backpedal. You can you can apologize. You can be like, "Hey, I asked you this question, and then I saw the look on your face and realized that it's inappropriate, and I'm sorry." And like, I take it back. Time out. Give me a second to collect myself because I, I i stepped over a line and i didn't realize it you know what i mean i didn't realize it until it happened like like you can react to this situation if you stay sensitive if you stay aware you know um that's not me giving permission to people to you know step over a line and then go back but i guess what i'm saying is if you realize you have done that in an effort to just kind of you know do a good job or whatever like you got carried away it's not too late stop fix it you know yeah. Um' is important uh,
2: yeah, we were talking about Nathan Fielder's the rehearsal earlier before mm-hmm. we started recording, and listeners, if you've seen it, um it's like this crazy show, and I feel like he asks his actors to do <laughs> some really insane things
0: truly insane things, yeah, like go yeah.
2: undercover and pretend to be other people and lie to people and it's um mm-hmm. that that would be hard i I don't know that I would be excited to direct a show like that because of how, of, of how uncomfortable you have to make your actors, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind or of by design. My,
1: yeah.
2: Not my brand, but yeah. And neither is like my brand, my stuff, my work is not like, especially sexy. hmm I think, I mean, you know, I might get like an awesome shot of a car or a pancake or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's for a reason. Like I, that, you know, there's some people and I've seen like photography, fashion photographers and stuff that just have a way of like making models feel super comfortable and mm-hmm. feel like they look great, that they're have a great energy. They're creating a vibe on set that is just enabling that. Um, but I'm not that I'm, I'm
0: not sure. that person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let, let, let me ha- ask you. Um, it, I did a show like a rom-com show called Shitty Boyfriends that I think was actually Uh, if memory serves um, kind of the opposite of that experience where like everyone knew the circumstances kind of up front like no I don't think anyone was ever surprised by any of the intimacy that they were expected to show it was all like baked in from the concept you know Um, but still people had to kiss people had to be in bed together nothing was ever super super graphic but like you know next to someone in bed and shirtless or whatever. Um and uh it was pretty fun. Yeah. Like once you kind of uh are in it and like you keep things light, you don't let it get too sexy. Everyone's still just acting, it can be really uh liberating and easy and 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 cool. And and there were a couple of things that we did that I think were helpful. I'm curious about your your thoughts on like the tactic of just like having them just kiss before the cameras are rolling just to get it over with. <laughs> oh, do you know what I mean? Like if characters are that characters are expected to kiss, you know, like they're going to have to just like in a rehearsal before. Like there's a bunch of pressure on like oh, make this kiss sexy. Like sometimes we'll be like, hey, I think it might be easier if we just if we just do this real fast. So then it's not on screen or you're not. How do you feel about that? Maybe that's a crossing a line that I, I haven't thought of. I mean,
2: I would never encourage actors to do that. I would probably just have conversations with them on their own. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, are you cool with everything? Like the kiss that like anything I should be concerned about or any. Are you guys feeling good? And, you know, like actors before kissing scenes are always like chew gum or take breath mints or whatever it's-
0: i do remember hearing seth rogan tell a story about how he had a kissing scene and i think undeclared which was after freaks and geeks but before he was a movie star where he made himself sick from eating too many altoids <laughs> yeah that's always been sweet to me i mean in old really hollywood funny. it used to
2: be like the actors that have like a romantic scene together would like go hang out in the hotel the night before the shoot and would try to f- Kindle a romance, an onset romance, you know, off camera also. But I don't know. I don't think that is like necessarily important. I, I think actor chemistry is good, and certain actors are really good at having chemistry with a lot of people. And when you cast like charming, great-looking mm-hmm. people, it's easy to yeah, get chemistry them to be into each
0: other. Chemistry is pretty, pretty simple. I think in that way. I, I guess I was saying that there's oftentimes an anxiety around. For instance, kissing or kind of other things as well. I'm trying to think of other examples. Many years ago, I was doing a
2: scene between two actors and they had to kiss. And the actress really, female actress, really did not like the male actor. Mm-hmm. Like, she, like personally. Was, like, like Yeah, she's like turned off by him and she felt like he was like trying. I don't know. There was an awkwardness to it. And she's like, Oren, I don't want to do this. And it's in the script. And I was like, OK, what if we just do one take? And I literally like teamed up with the writers and was like, hey, let's make this like a very quick kiss that is not good. And these characters realize that they, they're better as friends. Like Mm -hmm. it was this episodic thing and we were kind of writing scripts every week. And I was like, I was like, I can't do this every week where I'm just like trying to make peace between these two actors and have to like be into each other. But in reality, they can't stand each other, you know? And it wasn't that they couldn't stand each other. It was like one of them just was like really not into the game. The kissing thing and so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we kind of like pivoted the story because they were both actually really great actors but they they didn't have that chemistry
0: i think that's the nice thing about kind of an older style of tv is like you get to sort of write to people's strengths and character which is pretty cool and i think like as seasons get shorter and like things are getting pre-written more and more and more and block shot more and more like I guess that is maybe a little bit of a casualty. Well, if you have experience with uh, intimacy onset or surprising crew members or uh, actors with last minute requests that put them or yourself in compromising situations, uh, shoot us an email. Just shoot a pot at gmail.com. I'd love to hear some stories. Maybe we can talk about them on the show. Matt, I know you also
2: were working on on something else. You're doing a crowdfunding video.
0: Yeah, you know, and also Noah Bayshore, editor of the show, uh, we've already talked about his Seed and Spark. He has a really great crowdfunding video. And I thought, oh, it's an interesting thing to talk about. The idea of creating a pitch video or a Kickstarter video or WeFunder video, crowdfunding video, you know, just kind of like oftentimes people have to create presentation materials where they are on camera and have to present their idea to people at large and it's a unique thing if you were say creating a board game or a new app or whatever your video needs to be good because it needs to be convincing and compelling still has to hook people but no one is judging the quality of the board game on your kickstarter video based off of that pitch video do you know what i mean whereas Mm. like if you're making a movie and you're Crowdfunding video looks bad. I've seen it firsthand. People have been like, Why do you think I believe that you can make a good movie when you can't make a good crowdfunding video?
2: I've never made a crowdfunding video, so who am I to talk? But I do think it's like such a challenge to, you know, there's three things. You got to sell your idea, mm-hmm. you got to make a good video because you're a filmmaker, and you have to show your personality and like why you're a person that is worth investing in. Mm-hmm. I do think all three of those things. Can go together. Like you look at David F. Sandberg, you know, who makes Mm -hmm. these awesome YouTube videos and is like a self proclaimed introvert. And he is just really honest about that. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes him endearing and what makes you feel like, oh, he's a good filmmaker. Because somehow his inability to socialize and be loud and be funny and be charming is what he talks about. His self awareness is what makes you interested in finding out what he has to say. So, what was your approach? I, yeah. I can't tell if you're... Because you,
0: you're you like a proud introvert, but you have like an extrovert. I'm an introvert extrovert is, is what I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I know, it sounds sounds made up. But um, regular listeners will know I've got a feature that I've been working on for quite some time. I'm in the process of creating a WeFunder campaign to get the initial round of funding going basically it's been interesting because i think i've put a little bit of uh pressure on myself both as a as a solid marketer and as a filmmaker you know i want it to be good i want it to be clear and concise and compelling and fun and the other thing that's tricky about it is that my film is a genre mash of horror and comedy And so the aesthetics of horror are very clear. The aesthetics of comedy are less clear perhaps. You know, there's not like a funny font that is actually funny. There's like, you know, you could use Comic Comic Sans Sans, or whatever, but yeah. Like that's an ironic font. Best font ever. Yeah,
1: Uh, yeah, Um, I don't know.
2: Do you think because your audience is basically people that it's not film executives. It's not Hollywood folks. It's not it could be creative people, but it's not necessarily creative people that will judge you on the merits of Mm -hmm. how thematically your crowdfunding video ties into the project that you're trying to fund. Like, do you think the horror comedy element of it is important? Like, I do think it's helpful if you're funny, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you're doing a comedy, I think people, especially non Hollywood people might expect you to be kind of funny to be fun. Yeah. But I don't know that like, if you're, we funder video was lacking horror scares that i would be or thrilling moments that i would be like oh well this guy doesn't know
0: how to make a thriller yeah yeah i agreed a hundred percent and and to be explicit i am overthinking it everyone don't do what i'm doing but also i thought oh it maybe could be cathartic for me to talk to you about it and also perhaps illustrate Something be be, you know, helpful for people listening at home who because I think that there are a lot of filmmakers out there that have to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Including good old Noah. So yeah, does it need to match tonally? I don't think so. I think the graphics package is evocative and clearer. The thing that has been vexing me is what the heck the background is for my talking head interview parts. That's the thing that's been annoying, honestly.
2: Well, let me ask you this. Does a crowdfunding video have to have a talking head interview?
0: It does not, technically. However, I do have about four and a half minutes of information that I am delivering in a you know, semi-entertaining, energetic way. Like I've recorded all of the voiceover as like temp, basically to get performances down to like massage the beats, all that stuff. And then I've laid in graphics. And so there are very clearly moments where I need to be speaking directly to the viewer, right? Like if I need a hard sell, if I need to be like, Hey, invest in this film or let me tell you about it or whatever. Like there are moments where I don't, I don't have enough B roll to fill four and a half minutes with just graphics or whatever. So something's got to be on the screen. Yeah.
2: And then I know we had been talking about whether you should do a green screen or go to a location mm-hmm. or just be in your yard or in the house. or I guess to me, you already wrote it, but is there like a framing device that would answer that question for you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, are you in a haunted house? Are you in like the place that you're most scared of mm-hmm. from childhood? Are you like, you know, in sitting in the old chest that your
0: grandma used to sit mm-hmm. in when you were in a timeout and you know like or am as, i like under the covers with a flashlight reading you a scary story or what what something more thematic right. yeah you know i i think that that is really cute and really fun i specifically am creating a we funder video which they tend to be much drier like right, a little more business oriented yeah because it's for business people right as it is i would say that my video is the most youtube punchy paste up by design partially because there's a handful of best practices that any youtube video that's actually trying to get people's attention utilizes and you can google all of this stuff like google really 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 wants people to know all of this information but like if you're ever making an ad for Digital specifically, there's things like getting the title and premise into the first five seconds, grabbing people with an emotionally resonant hook of some sort up top, starting on a face or something visually interesting, things like that. That frankly, startup people tend to not be aware of. They're not marketers, they're coders or whatever, you know. Yeah, and so, go coders. Yeah, go coders. No, no disrespect. You're just marketing is different. Sometimes they'll just hire a different firm to actually make these videos for them, especially on Kickstarter. So there's a whole cottage industry for it. But as a person who knows and has internalized a lot of these best practices, keeps things engaged and keeps things emotional, keeps things, you know, paced up. It just got me thinking about like all of the other things that I could do to make the video really effective. And like I said, ends up overthinking it. A thing that Noah did that I really, truly love is that his film, Walter Grayson, The Submarine, that I think is really smart is that the film is about Michigan. And so he is in Michigan. His shots are big and wide and fun and like playful and varied because he's going from location to location. He kind of does a bit where he's, you know, like, I'm just a guy out here doing my thing. I'm not a businessman. Don't don't worry, but I'm an artist. That I think works really well and is, I think, an alternative. I think that you'll see on some of these videos, you know, there's man on the street footage that I think can be really effective. There's a handful of other things that people can do when they're not literally like front and center as the catalyst, as the performer behind all of this stuff that I think is really smart. I mean, Noah also has like funny
2: wardrobe and he's like Mm -hmm. holding his microphone and he has his headphones on like very reminiscent of come on, come on. Like, you know, like it's kind of like, it's like just so self-aware he's got the mm-hmm. movies hat and he's got a Greta Gerwig t-shirt like, and he never kind of, I feel like there's these little details that are he's kind of sprinkling in that if you know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you don't know, you don't.
0: His hat says movies. You figure it, you get it. <laughs> good yeah. hat Noah, good hat. I know. I know you're a, a
2: big fan of the movies hat way before Noah even, even had seen a movie.
0: Before he was born, <laughs> I wasn't claiming ownership over the hat that says "Movies." Orin, for the record, I was complimenting.
2: Well, so what's your plan? What? Why are you overthinking it? Why don't you make the bad version?
0: I did make the bad version, Orin, and then no, my wife why don't was you just like, "Put that out." Uh, my wife was like, "Maybe you can do better than this."
2: Who? Chrissy said that.
0: Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> the re, the real reason actually, this is. This is a glimpse into my life I, I shot it against green screen in my garage and was kind of like working on making the the my hair look a little bit better relative to the green screen and stuff and had a cool background and and i could have made it look fine but uh the performance was like i have a, a tendency especially when i'm really passionate about something to, to seem dour you know my, we I always, make the best movie possible yeah i kind of maybe <laughs> like i kind of get a little sour seeming I feel angry when I'm passionate you know like it's not warm she was like you you're trying to sell people you need to lighten up I was like okay well I should reshoot this I have a chance to kind of tweak all of the copy anyway I shot it roughly because it was meant to be a rough draft and now mm. it's time to shoot the the final the draft thing. basically yeah. the real thing yeah okay well you got an, inv- an investor
2: in me <laughs> after that pitch. negative one hundred dollars no no i'll do a positive i'll do a hundred bucks yeah there you go i'll perfect. go in there give me an ep credit and perfect first first points gross profits we talked about this before but i feel like if i was making a crowdfunding video i'd probably just because i also don't like being on camera and talking to camera for a while mm-hmm. like i can do 10 seconds at a time i can do 20 seconds but i can't do four minutes
0: just talking. I still cut it up significantly, you know? Right.
2: But I would probably try to m- come up with a format that is somehow tied into the mm-hmm. project and I would rely on the format more than like the production value or the performance. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Kind of like yeah. my reel, I guess.
0: Yeah, you're looking for like a little bit of a meta something or other. The tricky thing, and, and I would love to talk this through with you, I think that with all crowdfunding video all pitch videos the substance needs to be front and center you know like the whole thing is designed to be front loaded with like this is what the thing is here's why you'll like it here's the problem we're solving my hook is like have you ever wanted to make a movie
2: right because WeFunder is not just movies it's all sorts of
0: it's all sorts of stuff most of the stuff is drier, right? Like like the reason that you inv- invest in a movie, especially if you're on WeFunder, is emotional. It's because you've always wanted to make a movie. That's the reason. Like, do you think it would be cool? Which is frankly the reason why most people invest in movies. The most most of the time people invest in movies because they think it's cool or they believe in the filmmaker. Those are the two reasons. So, my hook is always like wouldn't it be cool to make a movie? Now's your shot. I'm gonna make a cool movie, come along with for the ride with me. I'm interested to see like how how it
2: works, you know. You gotta listen to this podcast episode, which yeah. maybe it's a good segue to our unpaid endorsements.
0: Unpaid endorsements.
2: I'm gonna go first, okay? Please. I know our format is you go first, but I'm breaking it. By the way, if people are wondering what I'm up to, don't worry about it. Bunch of fun stuff. I'm really busy. I mean that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, no, but I am, I'm doing some, some projects that are VFX heavy at the moment, but, uh, but yeah, I want to endorse this podcast. It's called all the hacks and I, you know, somehow we've talked about this probably, I got into like investing and figuring out how the heck, like as a 75 year old person with a family, I'm going to like build wealth and have a comfortable life as opposed to like pitching on small commercials and against 22 year olds, you know, trying to think of the long game a little bit. And so I was just kind of like listening to different podcasts and things. And I, and I happened upon this one, it's called all the hacks it's hosted by this guy named Chris Hutchins. And he originally was starting, he was becoming a new dad. And so he wanted to do a podcast about parenting And then he started quickly realizing that he didn't really have that much to say about being a dad, but he had all these interesting guests that were teaching him different like hacks, life hacks, partially like how to be a parent, but also like, you know, how to get the best credit card points or how to like eat healthy on a busy schedule and various Mm -hmm. things like that. He brings on like real experts and I wanted you to check out the specific episode that I was talking about. It is an episode called... The three minute rule, say less to get more from any pitch or presentation with Brant Pinvidick. Uh, but this guy, Brant Pinvidick wrote a book about pitching. And like I said, he was a Hollywood guy. He really figured out how to sell things. And now mm-hmm. he's hired by different companies to help them sell the company. And he's really good at getting to the root of why someone would care yeah, your, your business. It's just like, this is what it is. This is how I do it. All one sentence for each thing. And yeah. then, then we can get into it because sure. like, yeah. as storytellers, filmmakers, etc., we're like so worried about having all the details. We're so they worried about this. someone yeah. asking like, yeah, but what happens in season three that mm-hmm. we are just like, we're just barfing up all the
0: details and no one wants to listen to the details. So check it out. Thanks, buddy. I can't wait to give it a listen. All right, Oren. Well, I think we've switched hats mm-hmm. today and I'm going to endorse something that I think you'll like off the mic. We were talking about this. So my endorsement is the Orbit Beehive, which is the best, I think, according to Wire Cutter sprinkler triggering system timer irrigation system basically yeah so what's cool about it is that it syncs to your phone it's got an app all of that is really nice but what's cool about it is that if you add your location it will keep tabs on things like weather basically so if it's raining it doesn't fire your sprinklers that day because it knows that it's already raining and it's kind of like generally aware of like how dry or moist your soil is and so it adjusts accordingly well cool man well it's nice talking i'll try to
2: not make people feel uncomfortable on set anymore yeah that's my new year's resolution there you go does it make you uncomfortable that i'm giving you a new year's resolution in august
0: I, you know i wish that we negotiated it before we started recording but i guess here we are
2: thanks everyone for listening we'd love to hear from you what are you up to what makes you feel uncomfortable go check out matt's we her campaign it will be done i'll give you ten dollars <laughs> if you finish it by the end of the year deal And check out Noah Bayshore's crowdfunding campaign on Seed and Spark. It is called
0: Walter Grace and the Submarine.
2: Walter Grace and the Submarine. You can also find us across all social media at Just Shoot a Pod. You can tweet at us. I'm on Instagram. I'm at O
0: Kaplan. On Twitter, I'm at Smitey And I'm at Mr. Matt Enloe across all social media. This episode was edited by Noah Bayshore. Thanks, Noah. He's at Noah Shore on Instagram and TikTok. Check him out there. And you're listening to music provided by the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. Thanks, everyone.
1: Bye.